Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. So good to see you. Come on, who's excited about being in 2024? Me too. Cape Coral, we want to welcome you. We love you. Love being with you last week, just getting to be there in person, seeing what God's doing there. Would you join me, Cape, here in Astero? Would you stand to your feet? Would you join me? And we're going to read the word. Um, you know, the, the word that God continually brings to us in every season is stewardship. And he is asking Ocean Church to steward the most precious possession, and that is growing as disciples, that you and I would, would be in this place together, growing and walking with God. And we saw more people put their faith in Jesus last year than any other time that we've seen in the church. It's been incredible, it's wonderful. But we receive that as God saying, will you steward that well? He he is telling you, not just telling me, he's not looking going, Josh, you're the pastor, you better figure this out. He is looking at you and I together as Ocean Church saying, will you walk as disciples together? One of the ways that we're going to do that is we've been working on this, as God's been moving, we've been working on a specific discipleship class. And so beginning in February, we want, we want January to be just a wonderful start to the year. And then February, you know, we get into, you know, we're more in a routine. And, and so this is what the month looks like, 9 a.m. here in Estero in, in Cape Coral. It'll happen as well. But the first weekend is partnership class. And that's not, hey, let us tell you about Ocean Church. That is, hey, we're here to partner with what God's doing in your life. And we want to hear that. And then weeks two, three, and four are specific weeks on what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus? What relationship do I have with Scripture? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is spiritual warfare? Why is God prompting me to get baptized? All of these things, and we want to walk with you. And so uh, this is something I want you praying with us about, but, but I want our mentality to be God, we're going to steward what you're doing well. And we're not just going to be somebody that that shows up and consumes, but we're going to contribute in relationship and in strength going. We're going to encourage each other walking with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 40 is our verse that we're going to start from. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Set up the tabernacle on the first day of the new year. It's not the first day, but it's the first Sunday. So... We're close. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we bring our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, would you reveal Jesus in these moments together? Lord, we we need to see and be drawn to you. And that's a work of your spirit. And so, God, we, we look to you. Lord, thank you for the way that you walk with us and step by step. Lord, you don't try to overwhelm us and make us do everything at once. You walk, and step by step, you draw us to you. Step by step, you cut off the old, and you, Lord, you show us, and you open our eyes to what you've called us to. And so, God, let today be a day that our eyes are open, and we see Jesus, and we respond to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
You may be seated. Wow. Well, uh, the team and I were talking before service today, and, and I don't know if it's placebo effect, it may be a little bit of that, but, uh, but I'm here for it. I like the new. I like being able to say, 2023, see ya. <laughs> I mean, maybe you've had years, and, and sometimes that goes like, you know, you get in one year and you're like, ah, this is good. I just want to keep things rolling. And then some years you have those times where you're like, I cannot wait to turn the page on this last year. All I know is that we serve a God whose mercies are new every morning. And the first is a big deal to him. He, he looks at the first in a special way. And so that's why January is, is such a special time. You, you, you heard me announce about prayer and fasting that begins this week. And so today we begin fasting. Tomorrow we open the campuses for uh, unified worship and prayer together from 7 to 8. And then both, both campuses are open through the end of the workday, through 5 p.m., so that, that if you can't be here in the mornings, but you want to come in and just sit in the presence of God and just take time to be in the Word and to pray and to listen, that, that you are free to come in and join us for, for, for that at any time that works for you. And so we want to set the year right. We want this year to, to, be, to be set in the right trajectory, us going, Jesus, this is uh, not you as a piece of my life, but this is my life centered around you. That's what God is telling Moses here in Exodus 40. He says, listen, the, the tabernacle is the place of worship. It is the, 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 the dwelling place of the presence, the voice of God. And he, he says, Moses, this is to be set up in the middle of my people. And how they would, they would, they would do this is, is they would wait and no one would, would set up their life. No one would, would get about their job. No one would do anything else until the presence of God had its rightful place in the center. Now ask yourself, do I live the same way? God's people would wait and the tabernacle was to be set up first. And then when, when the tabernacle, which was the, the house, it was the, the pre-temple uh, of where God's presence would dwell and he would speak to the people, he'd speak to Moses and lead them. Once that was set up, then the different tribes would camp around. They would take their places. That principle is the same for you and I today. Now, God has moved. He has exploded by the Holy Spirit out of a physical temple and now is indwelling his people. You and I, as the temple of God, Peter says, we're built together as living stones. That we are built into this beautiful temple of God that he somehow takes our brokenness, puts us together, fills us with his presence, with his power, and meets us. And our lives are to be centered around that. Not, hey God, I want, to, I want the career that I want. I want the girl that I want. I want the relationship status that I got to have, the number in the bank account. And once all of those boxes are checked, then I'm going to move you in and I'll, I'll have some space for you. It's the other way. Amen. So I want to start the, this series, and, and I want you stirred up in, in almost to this. Like, like, I want to kind of get you in a fighting mode. Like, I, I, like, I like getting it into a little scrap. Like, Ann and I are pretty passionate people, and I look back over our, our, uh, our married life, and, man, we've had some good scraps. <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember one time we, were, we, were, we had just gotten married. We were living in Minnesota. And um, we had one car. And there was a gas station about a mile and a half down the road, Super America. And, and I, Anna knew I didn't, I didn't want her going there by herself. And so we get in this fight, and obviously none of us remember what she did and why we got in this fight. That was, that's why it's a joke, because it wasn't obviously Anna. So we don't remember what I did. But we're in this fight, and it got, it got just bad. And she was like, I'm leaving. I was like, fine, leave. And then she was like, I'm going to Super America. I'm walking to Super America. I was like, no, that's against the rules. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not doing that. I'm your husband. I'm telling you, you're staying here. Well, she went to Super America. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were fighting about. And we can be in these times, like there's nothing more deflating than spending energy in these sideways places where you fight for the wrong thing. Amen. Come on now. Where you're fighting for stuff that doesn't matter. I, I want you stirred up in, in a place of like fighting for the right stuff. Amen. Not sideways energy. But fighting for the right stuff, and the first place that is the right stuff that you are to fight for is the presence of God, the voice of God in your life. You must fight for the voice of God. Matthew 28 is the great commission. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Now you go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. But that first part, he says, all authority has been given to me. What is he saying? I fought the fight that you couldn't fight. Amen. So don't fight in places that are sideways places. Fight for what matters. Amen. All authority has been given to me, he said. Now you go and fight for what matters. And so we do that by being a disciple and by discipling those around us, being invested in relationship and community, not halfway, not shallow, but a depth that separates. So th this is where we are. Jesus fought so that you and I could fight for the right things. He fought and he won so that you and I could fight for the right things. I want to talk to you about three places that you are to fight for in hearing the voice of God. And my prayer is today that the Holy Spirit, as only he can, would blow away any lies that are in your mind or in your heart that you would think that you cannot hear God's voice. Because I want you to know you've been created to hear his voice. You've been created to walk with him. No lie of the enemy can go back far enough to creation where the purpose of God meets you and I that we're created to walk with him. Do not allow a lie to keep you from knowing God. Also, do not allow it to be something that's like, ooh, man, people that hear God's voice, they're like the level 10 Navy SEALs. They've been to partnership class. They've been to next steps and discipleship. And they've been to freedom ministry. And maybe they hosted, maybe they taught. And like, it's, it's those people. Those are the level 10s that hear God's voice. Nope. The only requirement to hearing God's voice is to being a sheep. 
Jesus said, that's all it is. Do you believe in me? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? See, our lives are, are, are created to be lived from this place with him as the center, filling every part of our lives, being led by him, being led by his voice. Let's fight for his voice. Let's fight for the right things. First way that we fight for his voice is that we would fight to know his voice through scripture. That we'd fight to know the voice of God through the word of God. Like what value does, if, if you look at your life and you assess your life right now, what value does your energy speak to for the word of God in your life? It's, it's funny, you get around people that are so filled with the word of God. It, like like any time that, that, that my dad, Pastor Jim, anytime he speaks, like I have to rein him back. Y'all are getting the rein back version of dad. <laughs> Where I'm like, dad, you got 300 scripture references for that point. Can you, can you do five? <laughs> Dad's one of those people that, that, that you're like, yeah, I turned 25 this year. He's like, ah, Numbers 25. That was a great <laughs> chapter. <laughs> Phineas speared that person. That was great. Speared Zimri. That was a great chapter. Didn't you love it? You're like, what? Are you, I was just telling you it's my birthday. <laughs> he, he's filled with the word of God. And there is a life that you have been called to that only comes by filling yourself with the word of God. Amen. You realize that Jesus did not separate himself from being filled with the word of God. Matthew chapter 4, he, he is in this time, and, and I want to encourage you as we're going into fasting and prayer, that looks like weakness and feels like weakness in a lot of areas, but it's true strength. It is true strength. Now, the enemy sees that, and he's like, okay, Jesus has been fasting 40 days. I'm going to go after this guy. I don't really know who he is, but there's something about him. Let me see if I can, if I can derail whatever this is. Jesus does not fight the temptation of Satan with this, this place of like, you know, Satan shows up, and then he's like got his lightning bolt gospel guns, like pew, pew, pew. He doesn't fight him that way. That's how I see things. Like, I'm like, man, wouldn't that be awesome? Like there's an attack of the enemy and there's just lightning bolts from heaven that just surround me and just, man, I feel like I'm on an island. All of you are just looking at me. <laughs> Golly. What, what does he do? He quotes from the word of God. Listen to what he says. This is Matthew chapter 4. Satan says, this is verse 3, during that time the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Like what a statement. No, 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 we're the people of God. Our, our, our substance, our, our, the, what strengthens us, what fills us, what we live by isn't this, this eating plan that we're in in different seasons. It is the word of God, the diet of the word of God in our lives. That's what we live by. But listen to this. He's not just saying that like, hey, I got this great idea. I'm going to say this. This is a principle. Write it down. Take some notes. He is quoting Deuteronomy 8. He quotes from Deuteronomy 8. And it's one of those things where, where you can say, you know, he's quoting from Deuteronomy 8, but it's really him in Deuteronomy 8. Yeah. 
speaking to Moses and telling Moses this. He speaks the Word of God. When, when, he, when he's resurrected in Luke chapter 24 and, and there's disciples that are disillusioned, their hopes are, 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 are destroyed and they're, they're walking away from the call of God. They're walking away from Jerusalem and Jesus shows up and he starts walking with them. It's the account we know is the road to Emmaus and, and these two disciples, they're, they're, they're sad and they, you can see it on their face. And he starts walking with them and he says, hey, what, what's going on? Why are you so sad? And they say, haven't you heard? Don't you know what happened? And they say these words, they said, don't you know about Jesus and Nazareth? And then they say this, we had hoped that he was the Messiah. Just raw, open. A place every single one of us, if we're honest, we can identify with. Like, God, I hope my life wasn't going to be like this. I, I had hoped that this relationship wouldn't be in this state. That our family wouldn't feel this way. That my job wouldn't be in this place. I had hoped. And you know what Jesus did? He didn't have angels from heaven form a choir and start singing over him and say, this is him, the Messiah, or any, any of that. He walked them through the word of God. What value are you fighting for the voice of God in Scripture in your life? Are you fighting for it? It's non-negotiable. Is it non-negotiable for you? See, the, these places, they, they have to go together. You know why Christians get weird? Because they leave the foundation of the Word of God. Yeah, come on. They want to live in a, in a place where, where just whatever hits their mind, they're, they're going to attach to the voice and the plan of God. And there is no safe place and filter to run it through. You see, we're, we're to have the foundation of the Word of God so that when we go to this next place, the next place that we fight for in knowing the voice of God is His voice in our heart. This, this is the, the, the place of intimacy that you've been created for so that, that, that we, we know how to bring the burdens of our heart what we're walking through to Jesus. I, I, I need fresh. Look, I don't find, I don't go Genesis to Revelation. And believe me, I've looked. I, haven't, I have not found where is the scripture for raising six kids? Come on. <laughs> is, there, is there a particular one for five girls? Man. And where's that one to get your son to not put his dirty clothes back in his drawers? Is that in here? You have to have this relational place where you're, you're listening and you're taking the, 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 the brokenness that you're walking through, the needs of your life. You say, Josh, how, how do I know? How do I grow in this place of being able to hear God's voice in my heart? Number one, you fill your life with the Word of God. Number two, you get desperate for His voice. This last week, I felt like the Lord told me to, to, to research and go through uh, the Gospels looking for people that called Him Lord before He was known as Lord. There's one unifying factor. There's not a lot of accounts of it, 
there's one unifying factor. It's people that are close to their need and their brokenness. I want to say that again. It's people that are close to their need and their brokenness. I'm talking about the, the mom whose daughter was demon-possessed. I'm talking about the leper. I'm talking about the centurion that Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this. What came out of them was an immediate submission saying, your Lord, I'm not, I submit to you. Come on. Come on. It's, it's the Lord and Savior peace. Are we desperate to know him? And you cannot be desperate to know him if you are in places where you don't recognize your need for him. It's the, it's the dad who, who brought his son who demons had filled and were throwing him physically into the fire. And, and we get to these places. You know, the, the Word of God tells us that God purposed in Judges. Judges 3, it says that he purposed not to drive out all the, the enemies from the land so that his people would know how to fight. See, what's your mentality when you get into stuff that's beyond you? Are you frustrated? Are you overwhelmed? Or do you go to the place that can fight for you? This is the voice of God. This is where he wants to meet you. See, the struggles of our life are the places that are gifts because they bring us to this desperate place of saying, God, without you, I can't do this. And it's actually how you've been created to live. Like you're, you're not created for comfort. I mean, a little comfort's good. You and I are created to live on the edge of faith. I don't care if you're 98 years old and you're like, Josh, I don't know how many years I got left on this side of eternity. You're created to live by faith right now. There is a place of faith that's on the edge. How do we know this? How do we know? Because God's voice, he built us this way. He created us with this purpose. John chapter 10, I want you to take it with you. Write it down, marinate on John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus says this, and he doesn't say, hey, once you've completed three years of church attendance, once you've been through this class, this class, and this class, he says this simple statement, my sheep hear my voice. Now, can we just sit in those words for a second? We allow the words of Jesus to blow away the lies that try to fill your mind that you cannot hear God's voice. My sheep hear my voice. You know what the only prerequisite in that statement is? Are you a sheep? Have I submitted my life to the Lordship of Jesus? My sheep hear my voice. And the promises that come out of his mouth after he says that is that we would know him and we would walk with him and we would be placed in his hand and no one can take, it, take us out of his hand. These amazing promises. My sheep hear my voice. Do you believe you can hear the voice of God? It's amazing to me, and, and it, it leads, and I, I want you to see how, how each of these areas that we're created to have each of them. Can you see how, how we have thoughts that, that fill our mind, and, and, and we don't, if we don't have the foundation of Scripture to bring them to, then how do we know if those thoughts are from God? Come on. 
Can, can you see that? You, you, I mean, because, man, our, our, our heads go to crazy places. My head is not good when it's left in isolation for a while. And that's why this last place is so vital. The last place that we are to fight for is the voice of God through the church. Y'all, I love, I get, I get these wonderful interactions with you, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll preach, and then we'll get time later, and, and, I, and I've had these, these, these wonderful moments where people come to me, and they'll say things like, man, Josh, you were in my head this week. Like, how did, how did you know what I was thinking and wrestling with? And I just laugh, because I know me. I know how this balloon leaks. I know the broken vessel that gets up. And preaches from the word of God. And listen, that is God's voice through his church telling you, I see you, I love you, I'm with you. Come on, preach now, preach. And listen, you have been created to do that to one another. What creates and grows the church of Jesus Christ is when you don't look and go, well, it's the people on the platform that should do that. Where you look and go like, this is a disciple of Jesus thing. Filled with the word of God, hearts open to his voice, speaking boldly what he says. Man, this is, this is the beautiful place. This is what we're called to do. The foundation of the word. I don't think it's insignificant. Augustine is hungry for God. He's hungry to know something of purpose and substance in life. And you know what he said he heard? He said it sounded like a, a, a child speaking from next door. Augustine said that he heard this voice that said, take and read. Take and read. And so you know what he did? He began to fill his life with the word of God. Church history forever altered by a man that opened his heart to the voice of God through his word, through his heart, and then boldly spoke it. This last place, it's a vital place. This is why we do things like presbytery. Now, how many of you, let me ask you, don't be as shy if you haven't. How many of you have never read the book of Daniel and don't know anything about a hand appearing and writing on a wall? Good, because I want to tell you about it. <laughs> so the, the book of Daniel, there's this account where the, this king is partying, and all of a sudden a hand just appears and begins to write on the wall. It was one of my favorite stories growing up because he, it, it wrote these words, many, many tekel parsons. And, and as a kid, I thought, like, I thought it was so funny to say, to, to say that it wrote many, many tinkles pardon. <laughs> I've always remembered. How, how would your life be different if you and I, all, we all left and, and we're going about our Sunday and then this hand just appeared? And what that hand did in the, the book of Daniel, it told that king, God is watching and he holds final say in authority. Amen. What, what would our lives look like if we went home and, and we're waking up from our Sunday nap? Hopefully you get a Sunday nap. Take one from me if you do. <laughs> and we, we're open our eyes and all of a sudden this massive hand is just writing on our wall. And it says, God is going to speak to you next Sunday. You're like, whoa, next Sunday. And then, and then it stops and it goes, 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 
and a special service, 6.30 p.m. Now, if that happened for, for each one of us, um, we might show up next week a little different. So, so what is the difference? If God has promised for, from his word that when we open our hearts to him and we make room for the prophetic ministry, that God's going to speak and he's going to encourage, that he's going to give gifts. Let me, let me tell you about the prophetic ministry. I want to set up next week in, a, in, a, in a, just an important way because I'm talking about making room. Are you fighting to make room? Now look, I don't, I don't work on commission. This isn't about feeling good because butts are in seats. This is about walking as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You cannot do that without hearing and walking with his voice. First Corinthians chapter 14, Paul gives these beautiful boundaries and he talks about prophetic ministry. In verse 27, he talks about the importance. He says, when prophets minister, they should do so in a team. That it's to be weighed. You see, church, th th this stuff gets weird when it's, when it's one person thinking it's about them and wanting to be a big deal instead of pointing to Jesus. You know what we should leave prophetic ministry going? Man, Jesus loves his church. Wow, God cares. He sees and he knows and he cares. So the first thing I want you to know about prophetic ministry is that it's team ministry. It's working together. This is verse 29. I said 27. 29 of, of 1 Corinthians 14. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. These are trusted people. These are people that, that like, I'm excited for you to get to, to meet them. My friend Joel's going to be here, and Joel and I have known each other for a very long time, 15, 16 years. And Joel ha has walked with the Lord in a way that few have. And so I'm so excited that, like, it, it's just these wonderful moments. You're, you're, you're going to meet a woman named Wendy Rich. Wendy is an incredible woman of God. In Cape, y'all gonna have Stokes and Beth Collins with you. You, you. They've been here, you know Stokes and Beth. But what happens is, is a team who is centered on the glorifying mission of glorifying Jesus Christ, saying this is about Jesus and what he wants to say. They're, they're gonna speak over different ones and if you've been here for our Presbytery services, you know what they look like. We've prayed and, and felt like the Lord has highlighted some different ones from the community. And so they're going to sit up here. All, all that that team knows is this is a married couple or a single male, single female. That's all they know. And they've spent time fasting and praying, asking God, God, what do you want to say for the encouragement of this couple and the encouragement of the body? And so there's going to be people that you know. Some of you probably know them well. And so you're going to hear things where people that do not know them are going to say things that are so specific and encouraging to them. 
And we've watched this year after year after year. It's not just for the encouragement of them. It's for the encouragement of the body. When the prophetic ministers, you should see team ministry. Jesus glorified. The other thing that you should uh, look for and expect is gifts being imparted. You know, sometimes I think we have this belief that all the gifts that we have, they're just in us and and we just got to discover them. Well, that's not what the Word tells us. Paul tells Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4, he says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. And there's going to be gifting, spiritual giftings that are there. And I want your heart open to it. Every year I sit either up here or over there and, I, and I'm watching and seeing the gifts of God being imparted. And I'm going, Lord, I need that. Lord, I want that. See, I've never been married 22 years before. That's this year. And so what worked for 21 years I need God in year 22. I've never raised a 15-year-old. I've never raised a 13-year-old. I've never raised four 10-year-olds. Oh, Jesus, help us. What I want you to see is that, that you and I have things ahead of us in this year that we must be desperate for what only God can provide. Paul says this about the voice of Jesus through his church, that there's encouragement for all. First verse of 1 Corinthians 14, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit and it will be mysterious but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. That's what God's going to do. Can, can you see how, how each of these places that God speaks, that they're congruent, they flow together? You can't have prophetic words that aren't rooted in the word of God. You can't have these thoughts that, we, that, that hit our mind without being able to filter them through the truth of the Word of God. Are you fighting for the right things? Would you bow your heads with me? Kate, bow your heads with me. Jesus said in John 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know that some of you are here and you're, you're going, I want to know God's voice. I want to hear God's voice. But you don't know that you're a sheep. You don't know that you placed your faith, your life in the hands of Jesus. If that's you and you say, Josh, I know God's drawing me. Today, I want to be a sheep. I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to be one of those people that says, you're Lord, I'm not. You lead, I follow. If that's you and you know the Holy Spirit speaking to you, would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep them up. Keep them up. Thank you. Thank you. So proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Keep them up. Keep them up strong. Keep them up with that heart. God, I'm going to fight for the things that are worth fighting for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. Listen, your future walking by faith is worth fighting for. This is what Jesus fight. He died so that you could fight this fight. He died so that, that this place would be accessible, knowing God's voice, being led by his voice, being fully alive by his voice. In Cape, here, I want all of us to pray together. I want you to repeat after me. We're going to pray, and we're going to cry out the same way that these different ones did, saying, Jesus, your Lord, I'm not. Pray with me now. Say, Jesus, I see you. I believe in you as God's son who sees me, loves me, and has died for me. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to follow you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for ending the separation. I want to walk with you. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Holy Spirit, fill me as your temple. Transform me. Lead me. Guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit OceanChurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida. 